There we go. I would like to take credit for that, but I didn't do anything. I just kind of had the idea. So, yes, we are the Potty Mouth Garden Club. And let me bring in straight away our new guest this week. And Jessie from Plot 37, if I get that right, has said she would come on at least at least once a month. So, Jessie, are you there, lass? Let me just bring you in. One moment. I've got to unmute you first. And bring, let's have a look, Jess. There we go. Hello. <laughs> now, I know Jess has had a good stiff glass of wine there just to get the nerves going. Jessie, thank you so much for coming on and doing this. You are, you are a star. Do you know what I mean? A kind of lovely thank you. I guess everybody knows Jess, but just tell us what your gardening channel is and what you kind of prescribe to and what how you kind of do your gardening um i've got an allotment um and i garden with my mum i've got chickens and i tend to just kind of vlog what i'm doing rather than do anything specific each week it's sort of whatever shows up on youtube is sort of whatever um i happen to have managed to do that week there's no planning involved um in anything so it's all a bit of potluck but yeah generally we're gardening raised beds and that's about as good as it gets really that's exactly you know that's exactly like me where i think there's like say steve he's like you know this is how you do this and that's you know i've had years of doing it where for me it's never been about teaching it's just like i've got this is what i'm doing do you know what i mean like this is kind of more of a like yeah. a, a follower along and i first found you jess when i'm sure vandals smashed up or cut you put you, oh. you build a polytunnel that's where i first came like you know got to know you and started watching you from that video because it was like i think i might have been been building mine at the time or you know thinking about it and then i seen that and i'm like we've still got you know the same kind of idiots around here and it was like gut-wrenching to see just like wanting oh. damage do you know what i mean it was like two days two days i had perfect plastic on my polytunnel and then Luckily, I'm quite lucky when they vandalised it, actually, because the idiots, they used a serrated kitchen knife. And so they just like stabbed it all over rather than if they'd used like, um, you know, a pen knife or something and it had just a smooth blade. They could have just slashed the whole lot. Uh -huh, but uh -huh. luckily it was just stab wounds so I could tape it up. But yeah, two days I had good plastic on that polytunnel. It's, it's, that was it. Isn't it? You know what I mean? It's like when, when that happens as well, you think when you put it over pristine, you want it just to be pristine. You know what I mean? Mm. And I remember like the one I've got there now, even putting it on, I think it was my son kind of stretched it with his finger and he's like, fingernails. And I was like, bloody fingernails. You know, and the, and the marks are still there around, you know what I mean? And you kind of get used to, you know, you, you get used to it, but you'd love like a pristine thing. Oh. So are you quite, if it gets damaged now, are you all right? Or are you still, does it still kind of... No, I mean, that kind of, um, any preciousness I had about that polytunnel kind of went out the window the moment that it was stabbed. So that was quite good, actually. Uh -huh. It's made me much more relaxed about it. So, oh, well, that's fine. Well, listen, yeah. Jess, thank you so much for coming on. I'll um, I'll bring in now, we'll, we'll 
GB's here as well. GB, sir, are you there? I am indeed. Hello, oh, everyone. there we go. Look at the. He's got, he's got his little gamer headset on there. Yeah? <laughs> hey! really this, uh, this new microphone that I've got today. How are you, how are you sir? Because you're not you're now not back in a hotel. You are. Yes, I'm back at home. Much so this is this um, is home. Where is home, GB? It's down. I live on the south coast of the UK, so uh, not too far from the Isle of Wight, um, and it's quite a nice climate. Yeah, yeah, our yeah, last, yeah. our last frost has gone. That went in February. That went in February. <laughs> no, that really last right. frost, February, man. It's me and the old <laughs> fella there. We were right against the wall. Do you know what I mean? When the northeast east, man, bloody freezing cold. So it's nice to have you back then, GB. It's lovely to have you back. And the the old fella. Let's bring in the old boy there. Here he comes. <laughs> let's just. Uh, is he there? Stephen, here we go. Here hello. We go. Hello, hello. So did we have a little bit of trouble with that uh, tripod holding that blue screen up there, lad? No, everything's fine here. Everything's all fine. perfectly professional. <laughs> well, everyone, big, big thank you for coming on today. It is a blast. What, what, well, we'll start off like, well, I've got a few kind of questions, but again, in the comments, please, in capitals, me and uh, GB were trying to kind of, you sent us a few links to try and work out if we could get the questions so I could just have them easily, but it's still a bit little hard so to do that. So if I miss your questions, you know what I mean? Or if the guests see the questions, by all means, read them out. So capitals for questions. And like I mentioned, this show is now going to be like an audio podcast as well. So if you just want to support Starship Sofa, that's me, that's me bloody science fiction podcast I keep seeing Starship Sofa. It's behind your head, Tony. I know, there's a big sign there, put your mouth guard. Yeah, that's the one. So please. So, Stephen, just first off, Stephen there, what, you, last time we spoke, you sowed some carrots into the ground early March, early March, I'm sure. I'm sure you were hacking off the soil, the frost. Have them, I want to know, have them germinated? No, not yet. Too soon yet. Nice. Do you think they will? They'll all come in a couple of days probably, but I've been waiting for them now for a a good two weeks easily now. And is, because we talked about this before, you know, it's nice to have like kind of damp, nice, you know, like perfect conditions. Is your soil, all it is is temperature cold or is your soil drying out or... It, no, it seems to be all right. I mean, the soil has been dry now. It's been the driest sort of spring for many years, really, hasn't it? It's been terribly dry. But um, no, I've been keeping them moist anyway. I'm just waiting and I'm expecting any day now to see the first signs of them coming through. All the other seeds are sowed on those days. Uh, beetroots, turnips. Um, what else? Did, I can't remember what else I sowed. Um, radish, they're all up. They're all, all up and doing well now. Just, Just your carrots, eh? Oh, and the parsnips as well, waiting for them as well. But. I mean, I want to talk about this a little bit later, but I just, want to, I just want to show you, Stephen. Can you see that? Do you know what that is? Celeriac. Yes. Hundreds yes. of them. Hundreds of the bloody things, man. You know what I mean? So I think from... You, by all means, can call me the Celeriac King now. I don't mind that title <laughs> wrapped around my neck. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> That's as far as, as I'm going to get them, mind you. Because they don't get yeah, any. I was thinking that they don't get any bigger than that. That's it. Do you know what I mean? So, <clears throat> Jess, what about you with celeriac? Is that something you can 
Because I kind of grew it at all, to be honest. I had one lucky year. Well, I think my Steve or the audience kind of introduced us to it. I had one lucky year where I had a couple, three or four at the most. And I've never been able to grow them again. They're like golf balls. Yeah, I, I, I had one good year, like you say. But normally what happens, particularly with celery and celeriac, if I start the seed, I just know automatically I've got no chance but if somebody else starts too much seed and gives me some, I seem to be able to grow them. Uh -huh. So generally, I sort of <laughs> I know when I'm sowing them, there's just no chance. That's so you know that's. I just kind of hold out and wait for somebody. <laughs> Someone, to you know, it's funny, you know. That's that's I know that sounds horrible. That's one of my kind of secrets, is especially with the the, uh, the banana shallots last year. I just hung on, and I think it was Stan sent us some over because I just failed miserably to germinate. Luckily, this year they've germinated, but. Last year I didn't, and I'd, it's lovely when I've getting all my chilies this year. You know what I mean? I'm getting a whole pack of bloody chilies from Nick. Nick Elliott sent us over the chilies. So, JB, you just watch yourself now. The old boy, he has got his chilies. He's going to show you. JB, <laughs> <laughs> are you have you ever grown celeriac? Or do you just go to Weight Rose to buy it? <laughs> oh, oh, yes. Couldn't resist it, man. <laughs> I'm gonna keep I bet it, no. I bet it in weight rolls it gets sliced up. Does it not probably just peeled and sliced for you? <laughs> yeah. I've never I've never grown it. I've never tried it. I've never bought it at Waitrose either. Um but I, I've I'm developing a list of uh, things that Tony says I have to grow. <laughs> so I'll well, put it, on the list. It, like I say, and Steve got all the tips like in a break and the leaves off and everything like that, but I just and there was a few comments about mine when I pulled them up that I, and I pulled them up like more annoyed with myself and I might have pulled them up too early. But I mean, we were kind of, it was Christmas Day and I just thought it'd be there like a year and a half. You know, how long do I kind of give them? So <laughs> that's, that's like I say, that little picture there, that's it. That's kind of, and they're about, uh, comparison are about so big there. So that, and it's funny enough, I've had to put these because I'm running out of trees. I, you can never. So these are on me, like you know the Steve them deep rooted ones yeah. from. So I'm using like me best of me best. So I'll I'll be pissed. They got the shallow ones back in stock now, container wise. If if you wanted them, right, they're back in right. stock. They're up in for a couple of weeks. Well, I, I got I'll, a few have to, more. I'll have to kind of hold off spending because I've spent more on bloody lights and. So, yeah, what, Jess, what have you been sewing and have you sewed anything this week or have you been planning anything or have do, you done I've anything? Just been, <laughs> I, I've just been, I've just been bemoaning the fact that it's going to be, it's going to be May this week. What the hell? Oh. And I still haven't sewn any of the things on my uh, April list. <laughs> I got the only thing I've got in. I did sweet corn. I got the parsnips in. Like I don't know what's happened. It's, it's so have just... you got mind? Have you got your sweet corn in? Yeah, I've got my oh, sweet corn in. Right, right. God, I see. I haven't done that. I'm kind of blazing around thinking about salad, 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 and I kind of probably missed the most important thing. And I've bloody hell, Stevie, you haven't got your Stevie. I'm, as if he's like a fourteen-year-old. You haven't got your your um, sweet corn in, have you yet? No, not yet. Um, probably next week, maybe. We'll see. We'll see what the weather's like. I always look look ahead. I want 10 days of good weather for uh, sowing the warmer weather crops, things like that, and uh, the squashes and the 
courgettes. I haven't bothered with any of that. Cost me melons as well. I want melons as well. So, just have you sown your your, your sweet corn in like your polytunnel? Are you, are you germinating them in, in the house, in the home, in the heat? They're just in, they're just in pots downstairs. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I haven't put them out yet, but I, I don't I don't think they're going to be inside for much longer. Like they're they're sort of ready to go out. Right. The soil is pretty warm. And I, at the I, moment. you must yeah. be you must be kind of like GBA down south way for like a, a different a totally different easy peasy climate. It's a given it's gonna grow. <laughs> we're, we're, on a, we're on a south south like slope of a sandy hill in London. So the soil warms up so quickly at this time of year. Yeah, can you imagine? Um, yeah, it's just, it's really warm. Uh, the soil gets warm really fast anyway, but it doesn't hold any nutrients whatsoever. So you've got this like, swings and roundabouts. Just, just out of curiosity, because you're kind of, you're new here and everything like that. So it's nice to kind of pry a little bit. Have you learned your gardening from your mum? Because you said you you garden with your mum. Or have you both come to an allotment at the same time and learned together? No, I mean, they had an allotment. My mum and dad had an allotment when I was a kid. Um, but then when I finished my first degree, I went off and studied gardening and then I was a gardener for a while. Um, but I spent my entire life trying to, trying to encourage like rich Chelsea and Kensington mums that they needed chard in their flower borders. And it was just like a complete waste of time. So I gave up on it and, um, and then just decided I would, I would do it as a hobby. And then I, then I started YouTube and now it's a career again. So, so it just goes so, round and round and so round. So how did how did Mum get involved? Does Mum just get involved because she loves gardening and the cameras there? Um, you might as well film or yeah. Well, not, neither of them neither of them were into gardening, um, but they just stumbled where our allotments are. They're like really hidden from the road, and they happened to be walking up there like sometime, and they they spotted them. And then at the time, there was no waiting list for allotments whatsoever. It was just like, do you want an allotment? Have one. Uh-huh. And so they, they took one on and, um, and then they had it, you know, they had it from then. But uh, So is that yeah. the allotment you've got now? It is, yeah. Right, right. And so they took it on in um, 1987. And so we've had it a long time. Right. And then they looked after it for a number of years. And then when I moved back to the area, then I kind of started taking over it in that sense. Oh, go on. Does mum give you any tips or are you the are you the kind of the main gardener or um the things I, I, that I she's ask, been... I ask just before because you say she's had they've done it, they've done it all before, but I'm I'm guessing you you maybe come with new techniques and new ideas and Yeah, I mean she knows the things that she she wants to grow, but it's quite like mm-hmm what she wants to grow and that's Care- and that's that Care- so things have careful. changed enormously in the last like six years or so because i've had a, like allotments and gardens elsewhere and i've brought all the things that right. i learned and did from them and brought them onto the plot so yeah right. <laughs> she goes to the books a lot her, i thought like, you were going to say she's very she's very keen that you know she, she'll just do a you know three veg and you know what I mean? That's it. I was thinking, careful, Jess. Your, your mum might watch this. So, no, it's <laughs> it's not that. It's just her natural response to these things is like, I'm, I want to grow this. It doesn't matter if I've grown carrots for like the last twenty years. I need. I want to sow some carrots. I'll go and get the book, and then she'll get the book out and read it, right. and then do what it says in the book. 
So right. that's just how she operates in everything, not just not just gardening. So oh, <laughs> she's fun. an accountant. <laughs> she sounds fab. <laughs> JB lad, I, I've never right. asked you how long have you had your allotment? I'm sure. Oh, did you make it two years or something? Or? Yeah. So it, it's weird. It, it's year three currently. Right. Um, and that's come very quick, and I still feel like I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> but the um, the first year, I kind of I only managed to get about kind of sixty percent of the plot actually clear because it was a complete and utter tip when I took it on. So that's right. another excuse to have up my sleeve as well. <laughs> were, were you on a, a waiting list as well, or not? Or yeah, we got we got really lucky because the waiting list here is quite long. Um, like it can be kind of one or two years, which isn't long compared to some places mm. I know. Um, but we, I don't know what happened, but we managed to get one in like a few months. Um, my fiance put her name down for it. And then the council let us know within about two or three months. And we were like, uh, <laughs> we weren't really expecting this, but yeah, sure. Okay. Well, and I know, once, you kind of, once, you, once, like, once you get it, it's quite, it's quite a right. It's like, it's our baby, but how do, how do you look after it? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Kind of. I wonder, um, I don't know what was invented when this fella had his allotments, you know what I mean? It's still steam driven. <laughs> How, oh, long yeah. How long have you had Did they have uh, electricity up your way when you got your allotments? <laughs> down, down pit when vegetables. How long have you had yours? I've never asked you, Steve. <laughs> Well, I've had mine since about 2009, I think. And the way I got mine, there was a waiting list here. Couldn't get onto the site at all. But I found one guy who wasn't very well at the time and wasn't doing his plot. So I went and sort of did it for him, if you like. I went and ripped right the way through the plot, cleared it all out. Uh, so then the parish council could see that I was keen and wanted a plot. And literally, about six months later, I got offered one. And then about three years after that, I took the other half of it on as well. So that's how I've got the plot I've got now, the football field. You know, when you, were, you, you mentioned your granddad always, you learned from your granddad. Where did he, oh, where yeah. did he garden? Did he have an allotment? And was it a private one or a council one? Or Well, he, he always had patches of land everywhere. And he did a lot of gardening for people in his spare time, uh, the part-time gardener, and they would always give him a bed. So he had sort of vegetable beds all over the village. And he had some places at the church where in the churchyard he used to maintain that as well. So he had a couple of patches of land there. And with the council as well, because he, he was head gardener of Liverpool Parks and Gardens. So he had, he had patches of land with them. And he had a massive greenhouse in his back garden as well, and, and all kinds of fruit and stuff growing. So this is why I've got such a good basis and a, and a good, you know, good grounding in garden because it was everything. In everywhere. <laughs> and everywhere, yeah. And I used to go all over the city with him as well, uh-huh. go off to work with him because my mum was working. You know, my dad wasn't around at that time and my um, mum was working, so my granddad used to look after us during the day. So when he went to work, I went with him. Right. What a life, eh? God, the memories, yeah, my memories. Do you know what I mean? Right, well, I found, and this is a note, this actually... I'm surprised I didn't right, realise about it, but in, I think it was J- uh, January, we had Peter Seabrook died. Now, I yes. was, I, I didn't know, you know what I mean? I kind of, obviously doing YouTube and everything like that, you, you just get wrapped up in your own little world and that, and 
you forget the greater picture. Now, I kind of liked him. Do you know what I mean? He was kind of from the, from an old school thing. I don't know. Steve, did you have any? Did you used to like him or watch him or anything like that? He's one of those greats of gardening. You know, um, Jeff Hamilton was another good one. He was he was my favourite. Um, but I'm, I can remember all the way back to Percy Thrower. For, uh, oh, know. God, I. Uh, uh, uh. well, you know, what a gardener he was, you know. So, I mean, they're all greats to me. Well, it's funny, mind you, because the BBC did the the kind of the talk about him, you know, and the kind of that's that's how I recognise him. You know what I mean? It's kind of the picture we all yeah. kind of know. But they had a picture. Now I don't, and I've got the the name somewhere on my phone, but my phone's linked up to my TV, which is playing that thing, so I can't look. But this was him <laughs> when when he was doing Gardener's wow. World. Now I don't recognise any of them gardeners. It was from like the I think the eighties. There's Toby in the middle. So to- yeah. Toby? Toby who? I can't think. I see. I'd, uh, and I don't know the, the, the late... Like I said, I should be able to... If I go and have a look on my phone, then it takes off that bloody... That thing up is there. It's Toby, Toby Buckland, is it? Yes. That's it. That's yeah. it. That might ring a bell. Because he was head of the garden as well for a little while as well when they had that garden that was... They just started with a blank canvas in a field, and and he built um, built a, a funny shaped greenhouse and and a front front garden street, didn't he, or something? And then it all just stopped. And got they got rid of it. It was a weird couple of seasons that. But I I was listening. Um, I was listening to your chat that you did what two weeks ago when you um, when Tony you were discovering Beach Grove. Yes. Yeah. Oh. That was quite good. I've, I've been watching Beach Grove for years, and uh, yeah, I used to love it. I found I found they used to do masses of like um, trials on crops and stuff. Yeah. It was absolutely brilliant. I'm not Riveted. so keen on it now. It's kind of really um, gone much more well, kind of hobby hobby based. But it used to be so good. They would just take a load of stuff and trial it in greenhouses and trial it outdoors and in one bed and the other beds, and then it was absolutely brilliant. But well, yeah, then, then Jim, then Jim sort of left the, left the team now, and it's not so good since yeah. he left. I mean, I mean, he was an absolute diamond, Jim McCall, and yeah, the show sadly misses him. I think definitely. He's a proper think, guy. While, while we're talking about it, then, what do you think of the um, the new lad? The, the kind of he's almost like broad Scottish. Presenter. See the ginger one. What do you call him? I oh, said, so, oh, you see the ginger one. Um, no, the, no, the dark haired. No. Oh, I, I haven't seen it since um, just a youngish last series. Like yeah. I haven't seen the new series. Right. I mean, he actually looks new. Do you know what I mean? As if like they're bringing him in because the way he's like, talking and that. I mean, it seems all right. It's like he was on the show last year. That guy and he's he's got a small allotment plot. Uh-huh. Uh, I think it's a greenhouse or a polytunnel he's got as well, and he does sort of exhibition growing. So that's why that's why he's coming right, to right. come in now. So him and George will get on well because George grows for exhibitions and shows and things. Mm-hmm. GB, who's who's your hero in in the kind of the TV personality world? Apart from the old fella <laughs> there, just, I was about I, to say I, there's I someone on the top left I of the screen. Off, I think <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't I'm really. <laughs> we spoke about this last time. I'm just live to the really... world on YouTube. <laughs> What's easy enough? So, did, did, like, does it, have you learned from telly or have you learned from YouTube? 
I've learned a bit. I've picked up quite a lot from YouTube. Um, uh-huh. To be honest, YouTube and just quick Googling. You know, right. just really quite often when I'm at the allotment, I will just Google <laughs> how, to, <laughs> how to say something that I've forgotten. I was meant to... Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> something that I was meant to be saying that day. Um, and normally, you know, it just pops up and I see how it does. Um, right. I do watch a, f- a few things on YouTube for specifics, but... Um, what about yeah, the... the, like, the the like say the the general TV you know like do you, do you watch any of the any of the programs or oh no see the Very kids, kids I did today now with his gaming headset <laughs> yeah. on mine's too bloody busy <laughs> <laughs> I did go away and actually um watch a bit of Gardener's World um after our last chat and it was not for me I know it's, <laughs> it isn't it it's me. like it's it's not it's um and the the bits that I want they kind of just keep them like. 30 seconds little intro and then they're off to something yeah. some other herbaceous border do you know what i mean it's like how many herbaceous borders do we need to see man do you know what i mean kind of jess what what are you then i know you're beach grove did you is there anything else or which is your favorite for me it's titch marsh's god do you know what i mean the guy the guy's a lovely genius i think he's fantastic and i'd love to get him i'll try my best to get him on here one day but I, I like Monty Don, and I love most people know like a kind of it's where I cut my teeth is on Monty Don's, you know, the um, fork to fork program. I thought that was just fantastic. Then it's just kind of went downhill for me for Garden as well. It just doesn't hit the spot. I know we keep on going over this, but it's just it's you know they're all going at the moon. Is there anyone you admire? Um, at the moment, are you watching Marcus Waring's? program where he's taken over the it's good isn't it yeah i mean i've got massive jealousy when i watch it like so much envy um but yeah absolutely amazing i'm really enjoying what see that now you see jess that's where me and you will part again because i tell you why because <laughs> it it looks like he's not doing any garden or the ones i've seen he's not doing any gardening He'll rock up to a like someone who's digging over the plot, you know, or his mate or whoever. He'll do a little bit, and his garden's amazing. Uh, and you don't well, he's see. He's very open. He's very open about the fact that he's come in completely clueless. He bought the he bought the thing already as is. It was already like um, homesteady. Right. It was already there, and then he kept their gardener on to to carry on doing it, and he's just kind of. Um, taking it on and then he's doing like i think he's trying to learn more about growing food because that was never something that he mm-hmm. was that into and it's just quite nice to see him getting really overexcited about it maybe i should actually eat humble pie here and have to watch it again and you know what i mean admit maybe i'm, I'm wrong <laughs> a little bit and give them a chance do you know what i mean if they don't so veg or do you know what i mean i get so frustrated but with that one as well it was like the must the, the the cinematography or you know whatever fancy word it was so pristine the greens are so green and it was just like you know like the editor must just like go over the top and I was like this is not reality but I will certainly have to give it another. Go. I don't. I, what I like about it is that he doesn't claim to be the guy doing it or the expert. He's like the one who's who's learning about it. Whereas like Monty Don claims to be the expert about things, which I don't I don't doubt that he is, but I don't believe in him. Whereas Adam Frost, I completely believe in. You know, like yeah. it's kind of just sort of where you where you fall on it. I, I... Well I'll have to like see you. I'll have to I'll have to come back to it and see see what I see here. 
You'll have to remember that Marcus wearing. He spends all his life, you know, sweating his things off in kitchens, generally in a basement. I mean, that guy hasn't seen the sunshine for 20 years anyway. He won't know the first thing about working soil. So, you know, as Jess says there, you know, he doesn't claim to be what he isn't, and he's taking everything on, and he's trying now to learn about it, but also trying to work it into his main skill, which is cooking, you know. Mm-hmm. So, right, well, you're convinced. Is. I apologise, sorry. I'll have, to, <laughs> I'll have to watch it. Apology accepted. We've got I'll have a few questions, if you don't mind, then. I know Pam F is asking, do you grow edible flowers... And if so, which ones? Jess, this seems like it might be a question for you. Uh, no? I tend to eat... <laughs> no, sorry. Go the on, only, I've done nothing this I, year. <laughs> the only edible flowers I tend to eat is when everything's gone to seed and I just refuse to not eat it. Like, I do, I do eat a lot of edible flowers that way, but... Um, yeah, I, it's not something I've really gotten into, but... No, it's I like not, the idea it's, of it. It's not. Uh, it's not. I'm just looking at the screen there, mind you. I look a little bit red, and it's not me false light lighting here. It's we went for a walk yesterday for about eight hours. But it was like, and I think I've caught the sun. I can only just notice now that I'm glowing. <laughs> Hot bloody tungsten lights here. So apologies if I'm kind of <laughs> look like some little You've red. You've been in the spray tan yeah. booth, haven't you? You've been on Strictly in the spray tan booth. <laughs> You've still, still got the glow. <laughs> yeah. The ultra glow. Yeah, thank God, I have to take this back to my hairdressing. Bloody dears, that ultra glow. Right. right, stop that. Let's get away from that. JB, sir, edible flowers. Right. Are you... I, I... I've been told that some of the flowers that I've grown are edible, but I've never tried them. <laughs> so, um, I, I definitely don't deliberately grow any uh, uh-huh. edible flowers, but a calendula is the go-to, isn't it, for, um, that people use as a, what is it people say, saffron. It's meant to be a, a replacement for saffron. Right, um, right. So I might, might try that this year. See, I've never, I've I've never, um, I've never tried it. And... <laughs> I tried to make a face oil out of calendula last year. And it was all, it was lovely, apart from the fact that it didn't go anywhere. So you put it on your face and then you just got oily face. Like, it's just like a glowing orange face. <laughs> a bit like Tony. It's a bit like Tony. Have you been using the calendula oil, Tony? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's getting, you know what I mean? You've got, you got to make a bit of an effort when you're coming on, you know what I mean, for a live show, you know what I mean? <laughs> What else we got? Yeah, let's. Have a look. I've just brought some topics over for them. I'm just saying, if anyone, please, if you want. Oh, here's one. Jade is asking, which is a nice, a nice question to be honest. Now, what made you get an allotment, JB? What actually? I know we we, we kind of like gardening. That's all like a given. But what made you actually? You know, is it something that you've like a passion you've had? Do you know what? Just drinking now. He's just drinking into a blue. Yeah, I'm in the middle of the Look at the two bottom guests are just sourced up in the eyes there. Um, well, it was. It was I've got a glass a of water. My, our allotment. So earlier I said that my fiance put our name down. I've never told this story before. And um, it was kind of like we imagined that maybe we'd get one in a, a few years, you know, that there would be a massive waiting list. And uh, I was like, no, just like, don't put our name down yet. We, it's not worth it. And then uh, when we got that call from the council, we were like, okay, well, we've got an allotment now. <laughs> so it was something I always wanted to do. Like in the back of my head, I had a goal that it would be 
I used to have an allotment. Um, and because I'd moved from a job where I was outdoors all the time to a desk job, um, I was really looking forward to having that space. And at the time, we didn't have a back garden. We were in like a, a really tiny little place. Um, <laughs> so it was kind of like a, a, a nice uh, surprise, I guess. A, a nice accident that <laughs> we ended up with it so early. Well, it's not what, like you say, when you get one. Do you know what I mean? And like I was telling everyone a couple of weeks ago, like the neighbours over from me had been on a waiting list 16 years for that one. Gosh. And you just think, bloody. And she said it was, like I mentioned here last time, it was only like checking an old email which she never used. Oh, God, the council. You know what I mean? And uh, there's like, uh, come on down there. Okay. To Pans. I do um, viewing allotments, and because um, we don't have an allotment council, uh, not allotment council, what they called an allotment committee. It's, it's basically just me. Um, so <laughs> I get the names, <laughs> I get the names from the council, and then kind of approach people. But I get so many people come up to the allotment and be like, "Oh, I've had my name on the waiting list for ages. How long am I going to have to wait?" This kind of thing. And I had a couple up there last week, and they'd been on the waiting list six months, and they were. They were expecting to get an allotment and it's like yeah it's like nine years where we are minimum like wow <laughs> it's really it's difficult explaining that to people because they just don't get it uh-huh. like, wow. it's still like it it just must stop you in your tracks wouldn't it when you think about it. i mean we're all lucky here we've all got them and kind of but like you say i've had mine since we moved to this village which is probably now 20 25 26 years so it's it's kind of you have them and you don't let them go. Do you know what I mean? And it's it's one of them things. Yeah. Lucky enough to get them, you know. So, wow. what are your? Uh, I've got a question for everyone. What are your um your plots like in terms of how well maintained they are and um how well used they are? Because on on our allotments, we have council allotments, and um, a few people noticed I was doing a bit of a walk around a while back after Storm Eunice, and we have a lot of really dilapidated and neglected plots. And it is so frustrating, because you just know that there's a massive waiting list of people, mm-hmm. um, yeah. including me, <laughs> who would like more space, or, you know, their first allotment. Um, and it's just one of those things that I think it, it takes so long for those cogs to turn and for people to... Um, it shouldn't in all, you know, when you think about it. It's just like, it's so easy just to, like, say, if there's a one, if you're not looking after it, Give it like a give it six months if there's no one because there's a couple on our side hasn't been looked after and yeah they might have good intentions but the good intentions don't you know you get up there then you know what I mean it's kind of yeah. there's so many people and it's like give give them out do you know what I mean get them get yeah, them we're, we're liaising we're liaising with the council at the moment I have been for about three or four years about trying to revise the process for getting people off allotments because once people have got the allotment like there's obviously if there's a health issue or you're not able to get up there or something like obviously there's there's reasons why you could just be allowed to keep on an allotment but we have such a slow process it's only like once a year that you can get somebody off and if somebody's given a warning that once a year what you essentially get a plot that was quite well looked after you get two years of nothing so the weeds and the brambles and everything can take over yeah. before they can start thinking about getting the next person on. And I understand it from a council point of view because the, the, they don't make any money off allotments and you can hardly yeah. kind of launch an enormous um, you know, lawsuit against somebody if they just flat refuse to get off the allotment. There's not really much you can do. So we have a lot of trouble with that on our site. I bet, you know, like most councils in a heartbeat would sell them to like developers. Oh. 
you know what I mean? They, like you say, Jess, they don't want them. Do you know what I mean? And it's just like, it's hassle. It's they're getting a pittance for like, my, like say, my plot of land could put, you know, two houses on there. No pro you know what I mean? And it's just like, they could just sell that straight away. Did anybody hear that? And it, I'm sure it was on BBC News or like in the kind of on me app on phone about a council coming up with this idea where you would only be allowed to have an allotment for I think four or five years, then you would be off and somebody else would come in. Oh, oh and that's the, nice. oh, hideous, that hideous kind of thing there. Like you say, but it's but they went to a meeting and actually the, the, the council backed down and thought it was a bad idea in the end, but they'd put it forward where you would be like, for, I think you'd have it for five years, then you'd have to vacate it and let somebody else come on. And I kind of read that and I was thinking, bah, that'd be gut-wrenching, that. Do you know what I mean? Just that's, a, that's something been put forward by somebody who doesn't have a clue. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yeah, it doesn't happen a lot, Ben. Seems uh -huh. like a really great idea. Like, it, it, they it, haven't it, spent 400 quid on manure. Yeah. Well, it's... Yeah. I, I, know, yeah. I mean, it's even just not even just that, but just like the whole good for your mental health. You know what I mean? It's a kind of whip that away. You're just getting therapy and you're just kind of... I mean, look at me, I'm glowing now because I've got the allotment, you know what I mean? I mean it would be like gut-wrenching to be... And it's... You can understand, you know, they want to give everyone a fair crack at the whip, but... Doesn't didn't uh, we're all shaking our heads? Do you know what I mean? But we're no. not in that. We're not in that kind of. We're in the kind of the golden kind of Goldilocks zone where we've all got. Steve is your. The answer is make more allotments, not yeah. not just definitely yeah. yeah. And they can easily do that. There isn't a town or village in the country where they can't find, uh, you know, enough land for even just ten allotments. You know, which would ease the waiting list in in many places. You know. Bring those years, you know, as Jess says, nine years on her side there. But if there was another allotment plot down the road, that, that time would come right down because mm -hmm. you've got turnover. Because, you know, quite often somebody takes on a plot and, and because we're all plot holders, we know within about two weeks whether they're going to stick it out or not. You can see by the way they're working and what they're getting done. And you know that plot's going to turn over next year to somebody else, which again brings the list down even further. Is, Steve, is yours a council plot or is it a private plot? It, parish council. It was uh, local council for the whole area from up from Carlisle, but they handed it over to our village uh, parish council. And we've got two sites here. We're lucky. There's about, I think there's about 70 or 80 plots or something. Well, it's funny, really, mind you, really. we're, we're just, again, a little village, but we've got my allotments, and there's actually two allotments there. My wall is like a boundary, and I built these new allotments over the wall, the ones that waited 16 years. Then we've got yeah. some right on the coast. Then we've got, like, a private. And I've often thought about, you know, like, maybe do I kind of get myself on these private ones, but the charge, what you, you know, it's like up to, like, somebody who just say, all right, give us 10,000, you can have my, you know, that kind of... There's no like no, balance no. of like money, you know what I mean? It's just like pay what what you're kind of willing to pay for them. So I don't. JB, what what about you? Is are you are you council or Paris? Yeah, yeah. Ours is ours is all council. Um, but we so I live in quite a big town, but um, we do have loads of allotments for for whatever reason, and they're all council owned. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's one of the reasons the waiting lists are, are relatively low. Um, 
but uh, yeah, it would be nice if they were a little more attentively kind of dished out to people. We've got, uh, let's just sort of fit to be red is asking, should I throw clear clumps out of my garden and into my compost pile to break them down? JB, what, have you got any clear lumps in yours? Have you suffered suffer with that? Are you? Yeah. I do, yeah. So I'm on a very, very clay-heavy um, plot. And I'm not sure that you'd want to be, you know, getting individual clumps out like that. Um, it's interesting, the debate about no dig or dig on clay, because traditional advice for clay is to improve the soil structure. You want to dig it over to aerate it and add lots of organic matter, which is what I did at the start. But I did that because I had to get all the bramble roots out. Um, my plot was literally six foot high brambles. I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> um, and so the only way to get rid of the roots was to dig it all over. And now when I do dig in those parts of the beds, the, the structure is really nice. But what I found is that there's not much organic life. You know, I don't see many worms. Um, and I think I probably did damage the soil uh, structure in, in, in a scientific sense of the word, you know, soil structure um, for supporting life. But it does mean it's much easier to work in. And now I'm just adding lots more um, compost and yeah. organic matter over time, and trying to let the biological process kind of set in and improve and make it so that it's workable. Jess, That's what, about you? what about you, Jess? What's your soil condition like? Are you clear? It's basically, it's basically a beach. I mean, it's just sand. We're on a massive hill of sand. And if you water for too long in one spot, there's no soil left. It is just, just like just like <coughs> dust. Yeah, it's it's like the complete opposite of um of what JB is talking about. But the I found it's made a huge difference. Just putting that much like manure on or leaf mold or whatever every year, we have to do it twice a year really because it just disappears within seconds. But uh, it has made a huge huge difference. Um, but if whoever's trying to get rid of their lumps of clay, do you want to send it my way? Because I'd love some lumps of clay. <laughs> if you want to pay for postage and packing, just send it to Richmond. Like, that's the first. That's the first time I've heard anybody say like, "I just love some clay." Do you know what I mean? Because normally like, clay, clay is the worst thing to kind of the have. That's all you always hear. Clear, oh, great, clear, I'm bloody clear. Send it to Jess. <laughs> Steve, it is really yours is a bit clay, isn't it? I've got like a clay loam because I'm I'm sort of about twenty foot up from a river uh, where I am. So you know, going back in time, the river would have run over my plot. But uh, it's interesting that about clay because it's something we used to use in Liverpool. I've, I've just recently spoke about it on a video about using calcified seaweed because that will help solve the problem of clay soil because essentially what clay is is such fine particles that when it when the rain washes it washes it down into a very fine layer and that when that dries out that's what cracks whereas most of the other clay uh, soil particles are much much bigger but this marl as i call it or calcified seaweed um it actually, and this is a great word, it flocculates the soil. Steady, <laughs> it steady. makes it makes makes the particles of clay stick together so they become bigger lumps and therefore they don't all sit down into a fine layer and they stay apart better. So using the calcified seaweed helps condition your soil. Where did, who give you that tip then, 
Steve, is that one like passed down, or is it just something you you've discovered? Yeah, pretty much. That's because in, in Liverpool, where we where where I was uh, born and brought up, it was you know you dug down any more than sort of six eight inches, and you were into solid sort of orange clay there. So to dig over in the allotments every year, it was part of the treatment. Handful of blood, fish and bone, and a handful of of marl in there every time you were doing it. And as Jess is saying, you know, as in the organic matter, everything went into the soil. So this calcified, what do you say, calcified seaweed? Are you buying it yeah. like just in like a, say, a kilogram bag and sprinkling on? Or no, it- I don't buy anything in kilos. Well, we know all that. We bloody know all that, lad. You know that. <laughs> I was mentioning to Steve as well that I don't know if anyone watched Steve's. He did a video where he was kind of putting, he's putting, and it was just that I thought that was a kind of brave move, Steve. I mentioned that before. Just delivering his compost and he was filling up his his, his raised beds and he didn't have any talk and it was just music. And the tipper truck came and tipped out all this lovely compost. But, and then it kind of, the wagon kind of went back, and there was about a quarter of a bucket. He nearly tripped over his cell to get this quarter of a bucket off the back of the wagon there. I thought, ah, you're hungry, hungry man for it. <laughs> I washed the driver's boots as well. <laughs> so... so Calcified seaweed. Are you just going, just getting seaweed off the beach? No, I'm buying it ready-made. You, you can you can use seaweed directly off the beach, but that's a different product altogether. That's rich in nitrogen and, and trace elements, uh, your seaweed, and that makes a great liquid feed. This is actually old dead seaweed that's literally calcified on the bottom of the sea. Right. And, uh, and, and I think in particular... I'm just trying to think. I think it's actually a pink seaweed, but I could be wrong on that. And what do you just buy it in, like, like, say, a kilogram tub or something? Or no, in a sack. Right, right. Good. Big bag. Right. <laughs> and, that, and you were seeing on that video as well that it's good for your your alliums and all your kind of your leeks and your onions yeah. and all. What what part? Do they, why do they like that then? And how did you come? And- I'm guessing it's the calcium in it, basically. Right. I would think. I don't really know. It's just something that's always, it was always done on the plots and gardens where I was doing it as a lad. And then some bright spark, I guess, noticed that when they were planting their onions, that they were better than Joe's, who wasn't using it. I'm guessing, right. I don't know. So it's kind of even, like, say for onions, because I've never really heard of it, it's, it's even better than, say, a blood fishing board or like a nitrogen liquid kind of feed? Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have said that the... It's a feed. It's more of a soil conditioner, much the same as like trace elements are. So it's not going to feed your alliums. I still use blood, fish and bone when I'm planting in soil, but I haven't used any feed this year because I've planted them into no-dig beds. So mm-hmm. I haven't used any feed at all this year on them. Oh, oh dear me. We'll have to wait and see what's, what the old boys' onions are like. Yeah. <laughs> we saw them last year. They were great last year. <laughs> We've got a, Maria Slater is asking, um, tomato question, I have lots of bugs and eggs on my tomato seedlings. Any ideas what I can do? It seems to be, ki- it seems to be killing them. So I'm not, uh, she hasn't said what actual bugs, just like bugs and eggs on tomato seedlings. Is, is it too, it's too early for aphids, is it, do you think, or...? No, I've got aphids. I've right. got aphids on it. Hey, you actually sounded quite proud of that, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
you should see well i've got i moved a tree cabbage about got about three months ago and it's recovered it's looking all right apart from the fact that um you can't actually see the plant anymore because the aphids on it are so wow. thick it's just like it's like a it looks like a piece of sort of fossilized coral there's so many aphids on it wow just, so how how, yeah, do you, I, uh, how do you treat that then jess how are you going to get that sorted um you get your secateurs and you cut it off at the base <laughs> and forget about it right that's <laughs> it's it too far it? gone. it's too far gone right <laughs> My uh, my purple spring broccoli is exactly the same at this time of year. It's just we had quite a mild start to spring and it's just exploded. So this they're sacrificed. <laughs> the aphids can keep them. Oh, wow. What a what a shame when you think as well because like you say that my purple sprouting was planted I think maybe June July I can't remember and you know you kind of nurture them right through the winter and now I've got netting over for the pigeons and then out of yeah. like your blind side aphids come and just knock them do you know what i mean yeah. so it sounds yeah. probably like aphids you know what i mean i don't know if if anyone's got any tips for getting them off tomato plants or i've got uh, i've got some on my little seedlings particularly my chili plants out at the out they're just downstairs in the house rather than at the allotment there are aphids appearing on them and so they're kind of because the plants are so small that it's deforming you know their new growth yeah. at the moment all i'm doing is just like with my thumb you know just going up being really gentle trying not to damage the leaf but just squashing anything that looks you know aphid shaped um <laughs> seems to be the only way around from it they say you know you can spray them with um i love the one about garlic you know you can like crush up garlic or whatever and make a spray and spray them but it's, it's very difficult to spray the aphids that are on your garlic with garlic and expect them <laughs> to go away <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing, man? This is I've like got, luxury. I've got aphids, like. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I bet you don't have any problems. An I know, I, I know. So that's, that's so it, Maria, then? It's just like a, it's a nightmare. You've got to live with it. or It's something it's just we all... Of squashing and... Uh -huh, uh -huh. Uh, nice. Um... Now, I got myself a question for, for you all as well. And this is a, de a heavy debate one. How many trusses on a tomato plant? JB, how many would you trusses would you go for on a tomato plant? Are you like one of them people that I kind of... Just let them go. Uh, just, just let them go. As many as I can do. get on. As many as I can get. I want 15 <laughs> trusses. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I take out the suckers. And I, I mean, I didn't do tomatoes last year. Um, but the year before, they just went mental. They were they were growing out of my greenhouse uh, window. <laughs> so I couldn't... I went down one day and realized I couldn't shut the window anymore. Um, so I just I let them do their thing. You still get tomatoes, don't you? It's all, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. So you don't, like, say, five tomato trusses, cut the heads off and keep them trimmed? No, no. I've never counted, but maybe I should. <laughs> I probably should. I'm doing, I'm doing tomatoes again this year in the greenhouse. So um, any tips, gratefully received. Well, funny enough, I, I normally it's probably five or six, and then I'll kind of cut the heads off. But you always find, you know, if you kind of don't keep an eye on them, like a truss will kind of start growing or the, it starts to away again, and if you don't keep on, it's gone. But I always thought, oh, my mum always told me, Five or six trusses because they'll not ripen 
you know, you'll, you'll end up with like green tomatoes and then you end up with like, you know, and I've still got about 30 jars of green chutney from last time, you know what I mean? So, Steve, do you, is there a certain point where you clip your tomatoes and keep them clipped? Yeah, um, I go with five trusses on mine and the side shooted ones, you know, I grow the extra plants from side shoots, I'll let them get to six because they'll, the first truss is much closer to the ground, so I'll easily get six in. But I only do it purely from the point of fact where I can reach mm-hmm. the actual fruit without getting on a ladder. <laughs> uh, That's the only thing that dictates that. I'm, I'm not bothered otherwise. Jess, what about you? Are, are you? Have you got a certain like rule you stick to, or you just let them go, like GB? No. The only time we ever get we ever end up with green fruit is if blight struck, and we need to, you know, just do a quick. Quick right. exit on the tomatoes. That's the only time we get. Otherwise, everything ripens. See, that's honestly gone. that's a total difference for me. Do you know that's what I mean? It's out. just like I could not ripen every tomato. There'll there'll be hundreds. They'll stay green because of like you say, we're up the northeast of England. You know, it's, you met you're, you're almost Mediterranean down there, man. It's just like you know. <laughs> Whereabouts are you, JB? I'm right on the south coast, so I'm near Portsmouth. Oh, nice. Um, so, yeah, the climate is pretty good. It's pretty Pompey. Good. Yeah, that's it. God, did you just throw a stone over France for the, the Mediterranean climate there, lad? Me wonder, My first attempt at a vegetable garden was in Normandy. My first own attempt was in Normandy. And I can tell you, that was... It's so different from here. We're so mild here. Like that was so cold and so hot. It was unbelievable. All right, right. Gosh, I would have thought that would have been like just a a way, way warmer and just a a lot easier. Yeah, the 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 summer was everything fried because I wasn't expecting it to actually be an oven. (laughs) And then and in the winter, all the things that I thought were going to be fine outside just just yeah, it was it was a. I wasn't prepared. Hadn't done my research. <laughs> it was a disaster. Now I see too much, too much vino. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, the bottles, the bottles finished. Mine. Did you notice, Jess? You kind of just push the bottle off the side there. Now trying to travel around on live TV, looking for another one. <laughs> That's why I keep disappearing down the side lately. <laughs> so I seen, I seen this uh, little article saying. Everyone should sow sunflowers for Ukraine, you know, all the kind of the troubles and the hideous things that are going on in Ukraine. And I've just sown my sunflower seeds. Steve, is it too too early for sunflowers yet? Or is it a nice time to kind of sow them to support like Ukraine? And I've just sown mine and I've sown about oh, 60 or 70, I think. And, and that is all for Ukraine. And I've just managed this last couple of days to get permission from the parish council, but I'm going to sell them all locally in the village, um, and all that money is going to the Ukraine. Oh, now, I'm not, doing it, I'm not doing it for any sort of big, you know, big reasons or anything, but just it's the only thing I can do really to help uh-huh. the, the poor buggers, you know. So you've just sown yours there now, have you? Uh, about a week, ten days ago, uh, yeah. Uh, probably about. Four days for me. Did you not see the video, Tony? Oh, dear me. <laughs> I, actually, I haven't. I don't think I have, no, to be honest. Uh, I'm trying I'm trying to sow them in the, 
the polytunnel. I haven't brought them in. I think they're on like a, some sort of heated thing. So I'm hoping they'll they'll just germinate pretty quickly. Do you know what I mean? But well, I've sown all. They're all multi-branching ones, so I should get decent cut flower stems off them. I'm not uh -huh. going for these sort of big tall ones or the big head ones. They're all multi-branching, so I should get a fair amount of flowers. Well, it was Audrey that sent me over. I think it, was, it said something like lemon sunflowers, maybe. I don't know if it was last year or this year, but so I've so put all the seeds in some compost. So I'm hoping. Jess, are you sowing anything? Or, or will you sow anything? Or yeah, my sunflowers are about. Hello, everyone. Right. Wow. I think I might have been a little keen. I <laughs> sowed them. I sowed them like the week that Russia went into the Ukraine. So they've been a while now. <laughs> uh -huh. And did. Did you do that deliberately, thinking, you know, like, I'll bring some, like, yellow into the world to, like, represent Ukraine, or...? Yeah, the um, the sunflowers, I was going to grow some sunflowers, um, because we, we grow them generally just for the heads for the chickens, because they go mental, you know, right. when you let the heads dry out. Um, but I had quite a few packets, and it just happened to be, like, that week that it, that it really kicked off. Um, and I just thought, bugger it, I'm going to sow the whole bloody lot. So mm -hmm. I've got pots and pots and pots of them. And I know every time I plant them out, every other year that I plant them out, they get completely taken off by the slugs. And then whatever's left of the stump kind of grows these multi-headed sort of gnarled right, right. sunflowers. Um, but, yeah. I'm hoping they get, I'm hoping they see everyone kind of sow some. You know what I mean? It's something that I'd, odd times I've sown, but... I'm hoping they'll soon. I'll just kind of put them all around the allotment. JB, are, are you thinking of doing anything? Or this is all news to me. I've never, I've never even heard about this sunflowers for Ukraine thing. I feel like I've been living what? under a rock. <laughs> if you take your game in hem, yeah, yeah, take that off. <laughs> I've been googling, and I'm like, oh wow. Well, it's just something I've seen, and I thought, oh right, because and it, it just like fell in the place. I had a nice big packet. From Audrey, you know, it was Audrey that kind of got me to kind of, you know, think about it in, with us sending over the seeds. So, I just say the only ones that I didn't sow that I did have a packet of were called Red Russian. I thought, I thought I'd just leave that one to Did you the side. Were well, they called Red <laughs> Russian? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not fucking doing them ones, no way. <laughs> well, JB, next time we speak next week, hopefully you've went out, got some, and sown them. Is it? Steve, is it not too late, is it? What, for sowing sunflowers? Yeah. No, no, no. I'll be sowing a second batch in a couple of weeks as well to get the continuation of flowers. Uh -huh. Hopefully. There we go. Weather everybody, allowing. everybody, everybody in the chat, put down, say yes now in the chat that we're going to grow some sunflowers. Get this colour. Oh, we've got some plus 18 adult sites come up in the chat. That's, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I've been, I've been trying to zap that. <laughs> good, good target audience here. Yes, yes. Fantastic. Um, <laughs> right, Let's Grow Home is asking, would you say I'm too late to sow tomato seeds in northeast Scotland? What is... Never. Never no. too late. See, I, oh, I don't know. I don't, northeast Scotland... Late. No, never too late. Just get them in. Get them in. I mean, it's, it's, there's no palm in trying. 
But I don't know whether you'll be just taking it home with the learn by the experience. That's the way I, I do everything. Even if I'm not sure about sowing something, I'll sow them anyway just to see what the heck's going to yeah. happen. And the weather can turn. You can get these Indian summers in October. So you never know exactly what's going to happen until it's happened. So don't hold back because you think, oh, that might not work. No, just get them in some soil and have a go. Yeah, see, that's a true gardener. Yeah, true gardener. Yeah. GB, are you taking notes from the old boy there? Yeah, I do, do that. I do do that. <laughs> that is one that I love to do. Yes. I love to experiment and just, you know, if you've got it, if you've got it, use it. You might as well. What's the worst that's going to happen if you buy a new packet of seeds? Is there anything, this was one of my little questions there. Jess, I'll ask you first there. Is there anything you won't grow? Apart asparagus. From your, I was going to say, apart from your Russian sunflowers. Go on, finish. Asparagus. Are you pouring them? Look at that. Is that a second bottle? <laughs> <laughs> you're not just falling you off the chair. You're at a bad time, Tony. <laughs> So you're not asparagus. Uh, yeah, asparagus peas. Asparagus peas I will never grow again. They were horrific. In what way? Um, they, beautiful plants, really, really gorgeous plants with these beautiful little red sort of pea-shaped sort of flowers. They were absolutely lovely. But the asparagus pea things themselves, didn't matter how small you got them, how large you went, cooked them raw, covered them in butter and cheese, whatever you want to do to them. They tasted like you had dipped toilet inner rolls in nail varnish remover and then just tried to chew it. <laughs> no. <laughs> They're really awful. So I won't be doing them again unless it's for like just ornamental because they were pretty. Well, for me, did it's... you not like them then? I love nail varnish remover toilet For me, it was add, um, fennel. It seems to like, or maybe I'd, and I haven't grown it, but I'll not grow it because I don't like, and there's, there's only fennel, you know, in the world. I can eat anything. You know what I mean? Put it in front of us and I'll eat it. And yet I had fennel once and I don't know if I, did it and I didn't do it right or something, but it just it was too strong a flavour. I don't know if I put too much uh, in, and it just put us off. And it, it fennel's the one thing I can eat, and I can, like I say, I pride myself. Do you know what I mean? Kind of pride myself on what I can kind of put away, but fennel just knocks us, so I'm not bothered with fennel. Well, cooked fennel hardly tastes of fennel at all. Well, you most see, of the flavour goes uh, away. It's more earthy than anything else. Well, that's, see, that's this exactly. Is a, that's exactly, I must have done something wrong because it was just like aniseed to hell and back. Do you know what I mean? And I, I like an aniseed sweet, you know what I mean? I can eat, but it was uh. just like, oh, you know what I mean? That one it makes you like go a little bit kind of shiver there. JB, sir. I hate fennel. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, JB? Is there something that you don't like? Um, there's quite a lot I don't like, to be honest. <laughs> I think the one that I was, um, that I, I am not doing um, is radish. I was really like, <laughs> I was really excited last year. Uh, I had great success with the radish and I was like, I don't really like this. <laughs> like, it's not offensive, but it's just, I, you know, I could, I can live without radish in my life. <laughs> so. Is it not, though, is it not, though, that you, you were growing it in the wrong, because... I, I can't even grow a fucking radish, to be honest, but I'm hoping this 
this early, I've got them done because the earlier you plant them or sow them, the sweeter they are. Where the later in the summer months, they get a bit like too peppery, too hot. So they were in early. I had them in right? kind of this time. Yes. Did you try cooking them, JB? I think I just had them raw in salads. Because Maybe they're so good. Uh, I, I tend to put them in and then uh, only use them either to cook, like to roast, or just to eat the seed pods because they're really nice. But I'm like, yeah, I'm really not that fussed about the actual, like, just the raw radish. But cooked, what, they're really, really nice. In, in really. what aspect, how do you cook them, Jess? Just you know, straight out of the ground, get the soil off, nip the nip the leaves off and throw them in a roasting tin with a bit of olive oil and a bit of garlic. Really, really nice. Right, right. They Is kind of, they so a little peppery taste, but they get more like, um, like the peppery taste mellows out to a bit more like a soft rocket kind of peppery taste rather than it being like you're being punched in the back of the throat by mm. a pepper water pistol, <laughs> which sometimes they are, you know, when you just bite them straight out of the ground. Yeah. There you go, really GB. Nice. Sunflowers and radishes yeah. now. We need them planted for next week. Okay. Ancillariac. Ancillariac. Ancillariac, did I, yeah. Did I, um, did I show you my celeriac again? Just in oh, look at that. Look at that. Come on. Uh, it's a showstopper. Showstopper, man. For God's sake. Well, we have been on. I've still got this. I know there's loads of questions, but I do like to kind of keep my fantastic guests that will be in an hour and seven minutes so thank you very much i think we'll we'll, we'll call it a wrap I'm, I'm, i was thinking of once it's now going to a podcast as well maybe staying on a bit later because i don't know how you feel but like you say i'm now in the it's in my little office do you know what i mean i can kind of stay up here you know without kind of being disturbed so maybe we might go a little bit Lay it out a bit longer if, if the if the if the chat is flowing. But for now, Jesse, it's been lovely having you. Honestly, will you will you come back like you say? We'll try and get you back on once a I month. I certainly there. will. Yeah. It's just a one bottle, though, if you don't mind. Do you know what I mean? Two's a little bit too. Don't worry. It's all right. <laughs> all I want to see you now is to kind of stumble over the chair when I say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Clatter to the floor. It's all right. I'm due. I'm due at the pub in. 12 minutes. Oh, so. there you go. You see, perfect timing. So, JB, thank you very much. Thank you, start, We'll hopefully get you on next week as well. And Stephen, what can I say, what can I say that other, other people haven't already said? <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. So, everyone, um, big like thank you. If, you I show, if I haven't answered your questions, you know what I mean, please... We'll try and get them, you know, I've got the, the kind of show notes or I'll use them next week or whatever. But a big thank you for coming over. Hopefully, yes, I'm here next week, so that's all right. I haven't had to kind of hit the, the day job. Do you know I, mean? I put the idea to my wife about going, just finishing, do you know what I mean? Just leaving and it didn't go down very well. <laughs> if I just chip, chip, chip away, do you know what I mean? That's the kind of plan now, just a kind of... Berate are in the cane. For God's sake, just go then. So we'll see how that goes. But <laughs> Jess, JB, Steve, thank you very much. You're welcome. Take good care. See Everybody, you thank you in the chat. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>